them. So Malachi chapter 3, we're going to be beginning in verse number 6. This is one of the greatest verses of the Bible. It says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. One of the greatest realities about who God is, is his immutability. That is, that our God never changes. Though we find ourselves in a world that seems as if it is changing by the hour, we can take refuge and solace in the fact that our God never changes. He is reliable. When the storm of life is raging, we can run to the arms of a God who is forever faithful, who never changes, who never grows weary, who never tires, and who we can trust that his character is the same today as it was yesterday, and that when tomorrow comes, no matter what tomorrow brings, our same God will be there with us. It brings comfort to our lives knowing that no matter what the circumstance is, God's there. And if God's there, he's good. I don't know if you know this, but he's good on the good days and he's good on the bad days. There's an old gospel song that says he's God on the mountain and he's God in the valley. Sometimes we don't think about those things when we're going through the hard times. And sometimes we don't think about God when times are good. But he is God the same way yesterday as he is today. He's God on the good days, and he's God on the bad days. You know, sometimes we go through season changes in life, and sometimes some of those seasons are more cataclysmic than others. You know, sometimes you might go from one job to a next, and it's not that bad. But then you may go from a transition where you have family to where you don't have family, and that's a big transition. But God is the same God in the, the season prior and in the season you're in and in the season you're going to. This is what's amazing about our God is that he is timeless. He is eternal by nature and his character is good. Our God is love. Now, here's the thing about God is if this is true and it is. He said, I am the Lord. I change not there in verse six. I am the Lord. I change not. If this is true, we must also realize that not only God doesn't change, but his standards do not change. His way of holiness, his requirement for holiness does not change. Holiness was not a requirement for the 1960s, and we're just exempt from it because our society is so godless. God is just as holy today as he ever has been. God doesn't change. He's the same. So his standards don't change. His way of holiness doesn't change. And this part is so good. His way of saving us doesn't change. The same way he saved somebody on the road to Damascus 2,000 years ago is the same way he saved somebody today by his grace. He establishes you, and he fixes you, and he saves you by his grace. Nobody gets into the kingdom of God by their works or by their last name or by any other reason, not by their ceremony, not by the offerings that they bring, only by the grace that is given to us 
through receiving Christ's atoning work at Calvary. When we do that, we access this grace, this life-changing grace that takes a life from a gutter and brings it to a place of righteousness. The, the righteousness that God re brings into our lives is only through His grace. Only through His grace. So, there are these big changes that we go through in life, but we can just take refuge in the fact that our God never changes. These Sometimes we get into these seasons, like I said, where there's these big changes, and if you're not careful, it will leave you either resentful or it'll leave you fearful or it'll leave you feeling helpless and faithless. So we're going to talk about those things tonight as we get into this message. And here's what I want you to see. The only way, the only way we can overcome fear, and this is something that is plaguing mankind today. People are more fearful right now. They're fearful the wrong party's going to get elected. They're fearful nobody's going to get elected. They're fearful that the dollar's not going to be any good anymore. They're fearful of riots and protests and food shortages and diseases. And there's just fear everywhere all over the world. And the only way we will overcome fear is by faith. And the greatest thing about our gospel is that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. Meaning, when we believe in Jesus, we have believed in the greatest thing possible for us. So the way that we overcome fear is to look to that which never changes. You see, we're fearful over disease because we don't want our lives to change. We don't want our families to change. We're fearful of elections because we don't want our nation to change. We're fearful of riots because we don't want our safety to change. We're fearful of food shortages because we don't want things to change. But it's because and only because fear is what Satan uses to motivate people to turn away from God. Faith turns you back to God. Faith is when you determine and you just make that decision within yourself that God is greater than the circumstances. Everything else changes. God doesn't change. Let's run to him as a refuge. Let him be our strong tower. Let him be the one in whom we trust and we rely on and we cling to. Our God Never changes. Now look at the next verse in verse 7. He says, listen to this. Even from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Look, I want you to see this beautiful key. All throughout Israel's history, they had a, a history of turning away from God's ordinances or God's ways. They always tried to circumvent it. They always tried to take shortcuts. They always tried to make excuses for why they didn't come the way God prescribes. Even from David, whenever he tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant the wrong way and Uzziah dies. You, you see, God's people always tried to do things their way. Joshua leading the nation of Israel into battle. 
battle into Ai, and they lost the greatest battle to the smallest city. Why? Because they circumvented God's way. They just went outside of God's standard and God's ways. And look what he says here. Look what the Lord says. This conditional promise, this is what we call a conditional promise. A lot of times when you get into Bible study, you'll notice that a lot of times people will leave off certain passages or certain parts of the Bible. That's because there's conditions. God always has these conditions. Look what he says. Return to me and I will return to you. Return unto me and I will return unto you. This promise has forever been associated with God's character. Now, remember, his character never changes. His character, his desire, his heart is to bring people back into the fold. It is to bring reconciliation between the world and himself, and he does it through Jesus Christ. That reconciliation is God's desire to bring in a harvest. God's desire to seek and to save those that are lost, that are hurting, that are downtrodden, that are fearful, that are hurt. God's desire is to bring them into, back into his fold. So he says, return unto me, and I will return unto you. What a beautiful promise. Do you know that God is waiting for the church today? God has not changed. We see that the church is more impotent in our generation than we've seen in our lifetime. We've seen things go on in the church world that are despicable, that are ungodly, and nobody bats an eye. Just last week, we saw one church get a wizard staff and bang it on the floor to end racism. How silly is that? God doesn't move by those types of things. God only moves when his people come to him his way, not ours. See, God doesn't change. We don't have to think new ways. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have to go back to those old paths. The Lord said, find those old paths. That's where you'll find life. That's where you'll find refuge for your soul is getting back into those old paths. That's why people don't want to hear repentance taught. They don't want to hear holiness preached. They don't want to hear about the glory of God. They don't want to hear about the Holy Ghost. But the the way that God moves in one generation is the same way he's going to move in any generation. And he will not move any other way because God never changes. If we want to see God move in our day and in our generation, we will have to return unto God. You see, we, we sometimes think, well, you know, everything is set in motion. Things are, are helpless. We're, things are out of control. Uh, you know, there's so many forces going on, and I heard somebody prophesy, you know, that, that dark days are ahead and yada, yada, yada. But you know what? The last time I looked in the Word of God, it says that the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. I understand that people are doomsday prophets, and I understand why, because the writing's on the wall. But I know that God said if we will return unto Him, if we will come back to Him, He will heal the land. If we will return to Him, He will in turn return to us. Even in Sodom and Gomorrah, God was willing to spare that wicked city. When they were, when they were 
knee deep in, in all kinds of sin and homosexuality and, and all the LGBT things, when they were that deep in all of that sinfulness, God was still willing to spare the city if there would have been enough righteous people. There would have been enough righteous people that returned to God. This is our charge in this generation. And God, Abraham and God talked about it, and they got down to ten righteous people. If there would have just been ten righteous, God would have spared that whole Sodom and Gomorrah area. Yet, there wasn't. So what did God do? God removed the righteous and then brought down judgment. So this generation needs to heed that if we don't return to God and if we don't seek after God and if we don't begin to pray effectually and fervently for this generation, then we may see things we don't want to see. But God still moves when his people pray. Listen, a, 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 a changing society is fearful. And that changing society that is fearful needs a fearless church. It is not the world's fault that they are lost and in fear. It is not the world's church that they're doing that. Look, People in the world think that if they get enough people to go out to town square, they can change the world. Sorry to say that that's not how God operates. It is when God's people get on their knees. Look, you may feel like you're outnumbered. You may feel like the world has gone mad. But if enough of God's people get on their knees and on their face and begin to cry out for mercy in this generation, God will move. God changes not. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. That's what he says. And, and it is incumbent upon us to remember that, you know what, people may fail us, people may forget us, people may oppose us, and people may just flat out let us down. But God is reliable, God is true, God is faithful, and he never, ever changes. This is one of those promises, one of those uh, characteristics of God, his immutability that, that the church can stand on and know that no matter what storm comes our way, we can weather it because we stand on the solid ground of Jesus Christ. Now I want to take you to another passage in, in 2 Thessalonians. So if you'll turn in your Bible over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Let me read you verses 1 through 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. There's something important that God does here. And I want you to see that the, the way that this has been has always been this way. It says, finally, brethren, pray for us. Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. And to be glorified even as it is with you. See, Paul knows that if the word of God gets out there, the word of God is going to make people free. You shall know the truth, Jesus said. And the truth will make you free. You get the word of God out there, and that anointing of God will set people free. Now look what he says in verse 2. He says, pray also, right? And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. All men have not faith. Now, he's not saying all men 
have not the faith. He's not talking about all men are not saved. He's not talking about all men have not the faith like the apostles. And he's not talking about that. He's saying not everybody is faithful. Not everybody is reliable. Not everybody is full of faith. Some people are full of fear. Some people are motivated by talk radio or by CNN or Fox News. Some people are motivated by what they see in the newspaper. Some people are motivated by what they see in the world. They get more animated by the reflection of the world than by the reflection that comes from the Word of God. And because of that, they cause and they become unreasonable and wicked. Unreasonable and wicked. It's amazing that Paul likens these people who just simply don't have any faith as unreasonable and wicked. Now, first off, unreasonable means you can't talk to them. You might as well talk to a two-year-old. You might as well talk to the wall. You might as well carry on a conversation with the pew that's right here and, and, and just begin to try to reason with this pew because somebody who does not have faith just will not listen. They will not get it. They don't want it. They just don't have it. It is incumbent upon this generation to understand this truth, this truth, that faithless and unreliable folks cause some of the greatest problems for Paul, and they cause some of the greatest problems for the church still today. Unreliable and unfaithful people, faithless people, cause some of the greatest problems, some of the greatest hardships that the church has. It is, it is the unreliable and the unfaithful that begin to cause problems when the, the carpet's a color they didn't get to pick or the wall gets painted a color they didn't want or somebody doesn't have a meeting where they don't get to have their opinion stated or they don't get voted for the council position or they don't get to work in this ministry or that ministry got t-shirts and we didn't. It's when we begin to take up, uh, when we begin to take odds with people over things that are unreasonable. That's when we see these people don't have any faith. They don't believe. They don't trust God. They are holding on to the ways of men. Now, I want you to keep your finger there. I want to read you a, 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 a passage in Proverbs chapter 25. This is amazing. Sadly amazing, honestly. Proverbs chapter 25. Do you know that a, a, a faithless and unreliable folk, like I said, it causes more problems to Paul, to the church? Why? Well, just simple math will tell you, just simple math will tell you that if, if, if people are unfaithful, like if they're not faithful to come to church or they're not faithful to help out with the mission or with the cause, if they're not faithful to the congregation, if they're not faithful to the work that God has, if they're not faithful, just simple math will tell you that because of them, the less people will have more work to do. That's just simple math. It's that 80-20 rule. They say that 20% that of the people in the church do 80% of the work. And, and so just simple math will tell you that if you, are, if you are not faithful to where God has put you, if you're not faithful to the mission that God has given, if you are faithless and unreliable, you're putting more hardship on true brothers and sisters around you. See, counting on an unfaithful person hurts. Proverbs 25, verse 19. 
It says, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Now, I don't know about you, but that's probably one of the worst pains is a broken tooth. And Matthew Poole, in his commentary, he said, not only does a broken tooth hurt, but it is deceitful because on the outside it looks whole. And that, I think, is one of the best caricatures that you could ever see about a person that is unreliable in the church world. A person who is unreliable is a person who is unreasonable. Even though on the outside they look like a fine, upstanding individual, they cause more problems and hardships for the true saints because they are unreasonable and wicked. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Because I want you to see, I want you to see that it is our choice. God gives us a choice as to whether we will be full of faith or full of fear. If you want to be full of fear, you want to, you want to, you know, go talk about how bad the news is and you want to go talk about how bad things are and how horrible things are. All you're going to be doing is compounding problems on other people. But it is when we begin to believe, when we, be, when we begin to, to take God's promises and stand on those promises, when we begin to be, believe that with our God, all things are possible. It may not look like it, but God doesn't change. His promise is still the same. He still moves mountains when His people pray. And if we will grab hold of those promises, if we will begin to get back into our position of authority as priest unto God and access these promises by faith, we will see a generation change overnight. We will see a generation change overnight. Back over here in 2 Thessalonians, he said that all men have not faith, but look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. The Lord is faithful. You see, other people may not be faithful. Other people may 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 may. may fall back in times of hardship. They may fall back when the persecution comes. They may fall back when it doesn't look like any rain is coming. They may fall back when you're down to your last dime or when you have no more food in the cupboard. Faithless people will fall back in those instances, but a people that are full of faith know and understand God provides miracles for His people when they need it. God is faithful, and it says he will establish you and keep you. He will establish you and keep you. There's two important truths about that. He will establish you, meaning he will put you in a position. <clears throat> he will put you in a position that no matter what storm comes your way, you will remain. No matter how hard or how hot the days may get, our God will sustain you. He will establish you in truth. And look at the next part. It says he will keep you from evil. He will keep you from falling into the traps that the enemy has laid for you and into false teachings. The enemy is constantly laying traps for the people of God. Uh, I'm reminded of a quote by Justin Martyr. He said that demons will subdue all those who do not actively press back. 
Demons will act will will subdue everyone who do, does not actively press back. You see, the enemy is constantly laying out those traps, those pitfalls for the believer. And we must be people of faith to overcome those things. And we know that our God is greater. If we will keep the faith, God will keep us. Now here, I want to uh, take you to one other place in Hebrews chapter 13. There's a direct tie between this passage and Hebrews 13. This is a, a, a direct link I want you to see. So Hebrews 13. This is one of the greatest passages in the Word of God. And I want to say something here. It is our it, it is God's changelessness. Once, once you get a revelation of God's changelessness, that no matter the season, no matter the trial, no ma listen, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter how hard you fail, no matter how, how much you've been set back, you can trust in this. God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. Once you get a revelation that he is changeless. Now, I want you to understand this simple truth, this simple truth, that if God is changeless, you can see it in some of the parables that he's given. How so? Think about the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son took his inheritance and he squandered it. He wasted everything that his father had given him. He found himself in the, the one place a Jewish boy should never be. He was keeping the swine. And he found himself in the pig pen, messing around with unclean animals. And it was at that moment that he realized what he had done. And when he did, do you know what he reckoned on? Do you know what he reckoned on? He reckoned on that his dad was still there. He, rec he, he thought, well, I may have to do something to get back in his good graces, but I know where to go. I know where to go. How much greater is our Heavenly Father? How much greater is our Heavenly Father? Not only does his character never change, but his way also never changes. You see, the, the, the way that that prodigal son went back home was on that long, dusty road. And the father saw him and came running. It was that one time that the, the son saw the father run. And, and, and likewise for us, there is one way back to God's good graces. And God never changes. No matter how far you've fallen, no matter how long you've been in the pig pen, no matter how many shortcomings you've had, no matter how many setbacks have held you back, there is one way back to grace in God's eyes, and it is through believing what Jesus Christ did at Calvary reconciles you to our Jehovah God. When we trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, God imputes that righteousness to us and God changes us. And that way, that path is forever settled. There is no other path and there is no other way except for that way. And so we can, just like that prodigal son, no matter where we've been, no matter how, you know, there's some of us that 
We've been prayerless, and, and cobwebs have grown in the prayer closet. We've closed our Bibles, and we're not flowing in the Word of God anymore. We've stopped praying in the Spirit, and we're not having revelation anymore. We're not walking in victory anymore. And, and, and we see these the ebb and the flow, but no matter how bad things are, there's one way to get back in God's grace. You don't have to stand on your head. You don't have to empty out your pocket. You don't have to bring an offering. You don't have to bring a sacrifice. There's good news. Jesus is the sacrifice to bring reconciliation to you and to me. And that promise is forever settled. It doesn't matter if you're listening to this message and you've been away from God. I want you to know God has made a way for you to come back home. It doesn't matter how far you've been away and it doesn't matter how dirty you are. God has made a way for you to come back home and listen to this God doesn't just set you on the shelf and say here's one of my bad ones no no when you come back home God wipes the slate clean God says that your sins are no more as far as the east is from the west he remembers them no more and not only that he fills you with the Holy Spirit he might even make you an apostle that's why Paul couldn't get over it because he said I'm the chief of all sinners and yet he found so much grace in God's eyes he could not believe that God would fill him with his Holy Spirit and Paul knew his own past but you see God didn't hold that against him God had wiped it clean and I want you to know that no matter where you've been or how hard you've struggled that if you'll come back to the Lord by faith in Jesus Christ God will do the same thing for you now, he may not make you an apostle, but he'll certainly wipe the slate clean, and he'll certainly freely give you the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Now, what I wanted to talk about here in, in Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse number 8. This is a verse that we say a lot of times here at our church, and is, is you know, but there's a connection between verses 8 and verse 9, and I want you to see that it parallels where we just were. As Jesus said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. We're going to be established by something good tonight. It says in verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. That shows you right there the unchanging characteristic of our God. And it also shows you that Jesus is God. He never had a beginning. He's never going to have an end. He's the same Jesus today as he always has been. He doesn't grow tired. He doesn't need to take a power nap. He's just as powerful, just as willing to move mountains today as he ever has. If Jesus ever saved anyone, if Jesus ever delivered anyone, if Jesus ever healed anyone if Jesus ever set anyone free if he ever did it he's still doing it because he's the same Jesus today as he was yesterday Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever now look at this association with verse 9 he said be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines isn't that amazing for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Now, at first glance, you may say, how does that, 
How does that fit? Notice what he's saying. That when you've been away from God, when you get outside of God's will, when you get outside of, of God's blessing, and you begin to get involved in things you shouldn't be involved in, there is only one way that God reestablishes. There's one way that God establishes people. It is not with meats. It is not with offerings. It is not with you standing on your head, but it is by grace. He's saying, look, don't get carried away with false teachings. Don't get carried away with strange things. Don't let things get out of control, but be established by His grace. It is not your offering that you bring to God that makes you right in God's eyes. It is not the offering that you bring. It's the offering you receive that makes you right in God's eyes. And that truth will keep you and hold you throughout your life. No matter what season comes or what season fails, no matter how people treat you or mistreat you, no matter how people fail you, no matter how people turn their back on you, don't let these things move you, but keep your heart established by grace because it has never been and never will be meat offerings or any other ceremonial thing that can bring you back into that fellowship and communion with God. It is one thing and one thing alone. That is God's grace. Where do we receive God's grace? At Calvary. God's grace is what saves us. It is, it, it is this truth that human reasonings, human doctrines, human ways never bring faithfulness into the life of a person. These things will never produce a, 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 the courage that is needed in this generation. It is this truth that only a heart transformed by God's mighty love and God's mighty grace only that will produce a courageous conviction. This generation, this generation is watching society fall. They're watching morals turn upside down. They're watching the world go mad. And this generation needs a fearless church. The only way you're going to be fearless is to keep your eyes on a God who never changes, knowing that if he was God yesterday, he's God today. And no matter what tomorrow holds, our God holds tomorrow. And he is good today. And if you live and see tomorrow, he will be good in tomorrow as well. That's how amazing our God is. That's how amazing our God is. You know, God God is so good. He, he finds some of us in a valley. He finds some of us on a ditch. He finds some of us in a prison. He finds some of us in an outhouse somewhere. And he lifts us all up to a place we don't deserve. And he does it by his mercy and by his grace. And if you will allow that mercy and grace to begin to minister to you again, God will bring a fresh insight to you today about his amazing unchangingness how awesome is our god amen
As we uh, come to a close in this message, I want to let you know that if you need prayer, uh, we are here for you. You can always message us. You can uh, even message us here. You can message us privately. You can call the church. Uh, But if we would like to pray for you and and just get you to a place where you are uh, back in reconciliation with God. So we're going to go ahead and pray and close. And if you are available, we want you to know that uh, we'll be 